The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Welcome in to the Monday Recap Show of Week 11 Action, Field and Matthew, hanging out with you, a Monday tradition that we enjoy very much, quite the week, uh, weird fantasy week I felt like, to be honest with you, Matthew. Super weird. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's one of those things where I always feel like, I feel like you say that a lot on Mondays, not you, I just mean in general, right, like fantasy general. players say say that in general where it's just like, wow, that was a weird week. And what's interesting is, is that I always feel like it's genuine, and yet... It's always weird in a different way, and it's one of those things where you sort of like, well, maybe that is, maybe that's the normal, right? Maybe weird is the normal. Is that sure. it's the NFL? It's it's a, you know, as my friend Joe Bryan always likes to say, it's a it's a game played with a leather ball in an oblong shape. Weird stuff is going to happen. No question you know, about you know, that. So, but like, it is like just when you think you can count on some stuff, you know. Cameron Braid gets 14 targets. Right. But I think Bo Scarborough is, is a thing. You know, it's just like all of a sudden. Yeah. But don't I mean, you think what it is? And I could be wrong here. Yeah. I think what it is is that we came into the year with like, I don't know, expectations of maybe like 15 to 18 players that every single week you would expect them to have a monster day yeah. and you really wouldn't think twice about it. Right. And yet, yes, like I think what we've really realized is that there's got to be what? Like six of those guys that you actually have this year, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Thomas amongst them, Lamar Jackson amongst them. Like, but even Dalvin Cook yesterday, who I think eventually found the end zone, like it wasn't a monster Dalvin Cook game. Like, it wasn't I, a monster Dalvin Cook game. Yeah, it is. And it's what's weird is, is that, that while there has been a number of disappointing players, yeah. And you think, I mean, like, you know, Le'Veon Bell hasn't lived up to draft status, David Johnson, like we got to get into that whole thing. Like when you think about some of the guys that went in the first round, you think about the wide receiver position, which has been desperate, whether it's injury or like whatever. And we'll see what Keenan Allen does tonight. But I mean, you know, bad game for Mike Evans, like with no Marshawn Lattimore, right? Yeah, but right, not a great Chris Godwin game. But even still, but think about like the first seven, like Devontae Adams. Obviously, he's missed a lot of time due to injury. Like Juju has fallen off the map, and obviously that has to do with the quarterback play somewhat. But Julio, you know, Julio no touchdowns in seven straight games. I mean, right? So Weird times right now in fantasy football. But but the weird part about this is is that usually when when there are players at the top that falter, there's usually guys that you know sort of emerge, and it doesn't like wide receivers are a little bit different. There have been the you know the DJ Charks of the world that have sort of emerged, right? Yeah. But there haven't been um, like the proponents of zero RB have been a it's been a tough year for the for the zero RB crowd and but and I'm not knocking that strategy by the way that it's a it's a fine well, strategy I've in a couple leagues yeah yeah 100% as of I like so I'm not knocking zero RB but I'm just saying like next year when people are writing pre-draft you know and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out but as of this moment if you are writing you know your draft strategy article for 2020 you're not going to have a lot to hang your hat on if you're pro- promoting zero RB from the 2019 season, right? I mean, you you have pops here and there, the, whatever the Bo Scarboroughs of the world. Kenyon Drake is suddenly a thing, but it's not like you know what. There's I think nothing I you feel great year. about. Like there's no there's no mid mid to late round running back that you feel great about the way that like Damian Williams popped at the end of last year, sort of thing. So I think my lesson would be, and not that we haven't learned this in previous years, but 
Um, I think maybe this year it has been cemented to me in a way that maybe it hasn't as much in previous years is that we both play in a lot of leagues. You play in like an basically an incalculable amount of leagues, right? But every year, no matter how many leagues I play in, I end up gravitating towards a lot of the same players from time to time. And so I, I don't, there's, there are players that I have basically zero exposure to, whether I play in two leagues or whether I play in 12 leagues. And I think that, and that's just like, I, maybe I need to remind myself, like Derrick Henry, for example, is a player I have zero exposure to this year. And yeah. I wish I had. Me, so same, maybe I faded that's my him. learn is that like, I faded him. No that matter was a how much you want part. to fade somebody, maybe consider investing more heavily or at least investing period on those players. I'm going to ask Daniel to press the drops. So we can get to football in a second, but I'm going to ask you, Matthew, a hey. Can someone send me question. the? By the way, can someone like I just I just tweeted the link that uh, I was sent for the broadcast, and it's I'm getting a bunch of tweets back saying like not it says broadcast not available. That link doesn't exist. Can someone uh, okay send that to me? Yeah, FYI? we can work on that. So in the meantime, Matthew, a trivia question for you. Are you ready? Sure. What do you got? Here, I'll just I'll retweet the at fantasy focus. There you go. At fantasy link. focus link has been retweeted by Matthew. There you go. All right, what do we got? And I'm going to give you the duration of the drop to think about this question and come up with the answer. Who, as of right now, pending Monday Night Football, is the leading scorer amongst all players in fantasy football for Week 11? Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. Do you know the answer? I want to say Jeff Driscoll. No, but that's a good guess. Very good guess. We'll talk about Jeff Driscoll later on in the show. So it's not Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. I have not looked at the scoring leaders. You know, I, I sort of look at the, the box scores the and the recaps. So I'm right, looking right, at right, it right. meticulously from about you know, sure, 4 sure, p.m. Sure. on yesterday. So I'm not blaming you here. I, I was surprised, too, when I saw it. Yeah, One I more guess. Um, not Kyle Rudolph. No. Nope. Um, I would assume it's a quarterback. Um, Lamar Jackson. Smokey Brown. Oh, Brown. Smokey Brown. That's a, a good one, day. too. Smokey Brown. Been one of the best acquisitions in free agency of the offseason. So let's get to the stuff from yeah. yesterday that matters. I forgot the second touchdown forward. by John Brown. Yeah, he, but, but he's yeah. been unbelievable, hasn't he? Uh, Marlon Mack fractured his hand yesterday for the Colts, um, a game in which he played really well. Marlon Mack did. But prior to the injury, Matthew, we already saw some of Jonathan Williams. So it wasn't as if Jonathan Williams only took off once Marlon Mack uh, left the game. But Marlon Mack leaves and it becomes Jonathan Williams' show. Here's what we know about Marlon Mack. It's a broken hand. He's a running back. He carries the football for a living. He's not going to play on Thursday night. I feel like that's bad. I feel like when you need to carry the football and your hand is broken. Generally speaking, it's bad. It's bad. Um, So Marlon Mack. I I just tell you, like my daughter broke both of her arms. She couldn't carry a football. It's a good point. You know what? She could find a way because she's so cute. She's adorable and she's itty bitty. So she could sneak under legs. I mean, she's a little bitty thing. She's a little nugget. My little nugget. But yeah, yeah, she's she's got these broken hands. Poor little thing. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so Marlon Mack not, is not going to, they play Thursday night against yes, the Texans, so he's he, not playing yes. that game. Jeff D has already reported he's not going to play on Thursday night. The timeline beyond that is unclear, but I think for right now, there are a ton of people asking, okay, Marlon Mack is out. Waivers are obviously going to run Tuesday night, and we'll have a full waiver show tomorrow, as we always do. But let's imagine this, let's just imagine, and we have no idea if it's going to be the case, that this is a multi-week absence from Marlon Mack, which again, does not seem that crazy to think that a guy who carries a football for a living could miss multiple games with a broken hand 
Now, I mean, you think about David Johnson from a, whatever it was a couple of years ago. Like yeah. he, he broke his thumb. And he was out. Yeah, it was wrist, right? It was, it was, and he was out for the rest of the year. Now, right. that team was going nowhere, and the Colts obviously have playoff aspirations here. And so things are different, obviously. Things are, we're things no Starfania Bells here. Right, we're no Starfania Bells, so um, certainly follow her on Twitter, at Stefania ESPN, underscore ESPN, at yep. Stefania underscore ESPN. I'm sure she'll have some updates as soon as she gets them. I'm sure she's, um, you know, uh, finding that. But, yes. There's a chance that it is significantly, there's a, you know, that he could miss multiple weeks here. There's certainly a legit chance. There is a chance, and we're passing along water to Matthew. Thank right you now. very so much. For those of you who are wondering why I'm grasping I forgot water. I forgot water. So not water? cool Keith brought me water. Guy, I did. I was, cool Keith I was, Teamwork I was, dream work, baby. I was, yeah. Well, listen, I was late this morning. It's my daughter. So if you read my love hate column last week, my daughter, um, broke both of her arms. She broke, um, in your forearm, you have two bones and, she broke both of them in both arms. What are those two bones, Matthew Berry? They are the ulnar and the radius. I'm so proud of you, man. Wow. Um, Good for you, bud. And say, by the way, I learned that a week Andy ago. Andy Dalton <laughs> and Tyler Boyd. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you said ulnar. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Auden Bengals Tate offense and, and Bengals defense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, here's what we know. So, so let's go. Anyway, what I was going to say is, so anyway, I was just, uh, it was my daughter, it's my daughter's first day back at school. Right. Like she's going on a partial day. They're getting her an aid because she can't ride the whole thing. But anyway, so was, we had a lot going on this morning at the, at the, uh, Barry household. So didn't have time to get water. Thank Barry you. Very busy cool Keith. So anyway, let's get back into, um, into the running backs here and we can reset a little bit for the video team that probably doesn't want to hear about my daughter. All right. So. I think the question is, so we, the expectation is, is that Marlon Mack is going to miss at least this Thursday game and possibly more games. Correct. So the question becomes, which running back do you get? Now, Jordan Wilkins was inactive for this game. He has been running as Marlon Mack's backup for the majority of the year. Yep. But he was inactive for this game, not 100% healthy. Jonathan Williams, who was a big time prospect a couple of years ago. And Colts GM Chris Ballard has an affinity for this player. Yep. Like he targeted him as an acquisition. And Jordan Wilkins has had opportunities before, and not that he's been a bad player, but what we saw yesterday from Jonathan Williams is probably the best fill-in duty we've seen from anybody in replacing Marlon Mack over the past two seasons, right? 13 for 116 yards. He caught a ball for 31 yards, 15.7 fantasy points. If you're the starting running back of the Indianapolis Colts, the fifth run-heaviest team in the NFL, and one of, if not the best offensive line in the NFL— that's a very fantasy-relevant position. It sure is. So Jonathan Williams is available in exactly 100% of leagues. would be a priority waiver ad for me this week because following the logic that if yesterday Jordan Wilkins is not healthy enough to go, um, things can change in 100 hours, but it feels like a lot would have to change for him to be fully healthy and then to also play and play a lot to the point that Jonathan Williams wouldn't actually be a factor on Thursday night. So I think Jonathan Williams has a chance to be a flex consideration this week. I, I think that's absolutely correct. Look, you'll see some Naheem Hines in this, and I think if Jordan Wilkins is healthy and active, he'll see some run as well. So I think it'll be a running back by committee. But to your point, look, Chris Ballard likes this kid. He performed well. He got a shot on Sunday, and he yeah. performed great in, in a victory for the Colts. And so now he's going to get another chance. And so Jonathan Williams, who's, I, I think this is his fourth year off the top of my head. Third or fourth, yeah. Third Sounds or fourth, right. something yeah. like that. You know, and he's bounced around. He was with the Bills for a while. He's bounced around the NFL. And so I think Jonathan Williams, without knowing the kid at all, has to believe, like, here's your chance. Like, you, this is your shot right. at, um, at, you know, really changing the, the future of your NFL career. And so, 
you know, and it's not a it's not a matchup with the Texans that scares you. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you guys watched the Texans Ravens game yesterday, you know the Texans have very uh, they have a lot of issues defending anybody against the run. So I think leading into the week, as you prepare for waiver claims, Jonathan Williams will be one of the three to five top ads. Understanding that there are just four teams left on a buy. So some people are not necessarily looking to actively approach the waiver wire as much as they have been over the past four or five weeks when you could be filling in your quarterback and your wide receiver spots and your tight end spots in a given week. But interesting player. uh, Yes, and I would also say, and I think this is just as, uh, uh, because we're entering a crucial week. Week 12 is like we're, you know, we've got just two weeks left. We we got two weeks left in in the regular season. You are making a playoff push. And so I, I see this gets debated a lot. And so I just want to put this out there and you can tell me if you disagree with this statement as the, as the author of our free agents finds column. Yes. I believe, uh, sometimes the best offense is a good defense. And sure. so even if I didn't need a running back, but if I need a win this week and I'm playing a guy that needs a running back or I'm playing the guy that has Marlon Mack, um, I have no problem picking up Jonathan Williams, even if I have no intention of using him whatsoever. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Like, he was out there for everyone. If you've got a higher waiver priority, you've got more fab money left, however you guys divvy up your free agents, like, that's the rules. And so I've got no problem, like, why are you taking my handcuff? Should have drafted him before. Should have done a little more research. So I got no issue with, if you don't, if you're playing Marlon Mack's, uh, you know, the guy that has Marlon Mack on his roster, the the man or woman, uh, yeah take them. I have no issue with that. So sometimes look at who you're playing, look at the scenario in your league, and just because you don't need somebody doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. And so I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth here, but we do have some optimism surrounding Jonathan Williams, but we also have a cautionary tale in the form of Brian Hill. <laughs> Brian Hill, who took, who actually uh, jumped in for Devontae Freeman in week 10, yeah. when Freeman got hurt with a foot injury early in the game. 20 carries, 60 yards, one catch, 10 yards and a touchdown, and we all thought, hey, he's going to be the guy this week. He should have a monster opportunity. In a great matchup. In a great matchup against a Panthers defense that coming into that week had allowed 17 rushing touchdowns. Not only the most in the NFL, but five more than anyone else in the NFL. Correct. Yep. Like it, it had been a, a brutal run defense so far for Carolina. This game was wonky in a lot of ways, including yeah. the fact that Brian Hill laid an egg. And that's okay, by the way. It's 15 carries for 30 yards, one catch for eight yards. They won this game. The Falcons now have won back-to-back games coming out of their bye and have been much more inspired and, frankly, look like the team we kind of expected them to be going into this season. Devontae Freeman is week-to-week, Matthew. Would you be comfortable starting any Falcons running back over the next couple of weeks until Devontae Freeman returns? Because although Brian Hill did lead the team in total touches and running back opportunities— we still saw some Kenyon Barner, who, for those of you looking at his fantasy scoring and saying, how did he have close to 10 points? He, ret- he had a return touchdown for right, a punt. He, he, he returned a punt, uh, touchdown. He returned a punt for a touchdown. That's yep. correct. And Kadri Allison yeah. had some, uh, some snaps as well. Yeah, Kadri Allison basically vultured him at the goal line here. Yep. I will say, in Brian Hill's defense, he had a touchdown that was called back due to a holding penalty. Right. So he did actually get into the end zone, and then it was a, it was a holding penalty. So tough, it, but... It's a weird one, right? And so in a game in which the Falcons won 29-3 to and dominated throughout against a bad run defense, Brian Hill managed two yards per carry. And it's not a small sample size. I mean, no, his, it's not. He got 15 carries. and he had, The, he the had team 15. as a whole had 26. Right. 
And right in terms of the running backs, I mean, you know, listen, not, not you know, Matt Ryan got two uh, two rushes, Matt Schaub got one in mop up duty. They did a reverse or an end around with Julio Jones. So of the running backs, he got fifteen of the twenty one. I'm sorry, the twenty two. Keith Smith got a carry too. He got fifteen of the twenty two running back carries. So he got an ample opportunity here. Yes, he did. Now he also tweeted at the end of the game. Did you see his tweet? He did. Is it something to the effect of like I should be or I, maybe I should apologize to my fantasy owners, but I don't care. Right, and a laughing emoji. Right. Like a crying laughing emoji. By the way, good. You don't have to care. But here's the thing I don't get. I just want to, I'm just curious. Why even even tweet it? Yeah, like I just, here's, like, I thought about responding and then I didn't and like. I'm glad you did. Right, because whatever, it's Brian Hill. But here's what I would just say, just in general, just a conversation here. I'm not trying to attack Brian Hill, okay? But just in general, I, I would just say to the extent that anyone, to an NFL, I'm sure NFL players don't listen to this. But I know that there's some agents. Should there's some agents. No, Brady probably listens to our podcast. But other than Brady, I, I don't yeah. think anyone really does. But here's what I would: if I were, if I had Brian Hill's best interests at heart, yep. like if I was his agent, his his manager, you know, a PR person that was interested, I would say to him, I would say, "Listen, Brian, you're a third round player who is a fifth round pick. You're the third string running back on a three and seventeen. Yep. The only people." That were rooting for Brian Hill yesterday, other than the most diehard of Falcons fans, were fantasy managers. Yeah. And I believe the, the majority of people that were interested in Brian Hill's performance yesterday, like if, if however many number of people that is, 85% of those people are fantasy managers that picked up Brian Hill. And so you don't have to care about fantasy performances. You shouldn't. Your entire focus should be about helping the Atlanta Falcons win, which you did. Congratulations, 29-3. It's an impressive road victory for Atlanta. But why insult? Why troll? Why laugh? Ha ha, I didn't do good in fantasy, but I don't care. Why do that to a bunch of people that were legitimately just rooting for you? So that, that, that suddenly had interest in you and were rooting for you? Because here's so a couple of thoughts here. First of all, there probably were some people that barked at Brian Hill on Twitter. And we don't ever condone that. We tell people do not, don't, don't do that. 100%. Okay, okay, we always no say that. No matter how much we tell them that, Matthew, people are going to do it. Yes. Second of all, I've come to, I mean, I've always, uh, Jackie McMullen, for those who, if you don't know Jackie McMullen, Go get educated. Um, She's a legend. Legit goat. Um, one of the ways I think that Jackie is so unique and so special is that her ability to understand the psychology of athletes and portray it in a meaningful way Sure. in her reporting, in her analysis. And I think that some of this comes down to the idea that like Brian Hill's a human. And if your team wins 29 to 3 in what becomes probably the first start of your career, maybe the last start of your career with the Falcons, who knows? You guys are riding high after two victories, and you open up your phone, and who knows what kind of notifications he does or does not have on. Sure. And you might see a bunch of venom. I think it's a pretty simple bounce back. I think it's just, I'm a human, and you guys are trying to cut me down, mitigate my performance, and I don't care. We're 2-0. and I don't have to go to work tomorrow because we have victory Monday, right? So, like, right. fear not. I'm laughing. I'm the yeah. one who's, you know, fifth-round pick. I, I've, I don't know where Brian Hill is from. I know he played at Wyoming. He may be the most successful person to ever emerge from his respective high school, wherever that is. Sure. So I think that's, I think, again, we're getting a little more deeper than just sort of fantasy football analysis here. I think that's kind of the root of it. It's like, I, 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 think I win. That's, I get it. I get it. And I understand. And listen, people are awful on Twitter. Like You should see my mentions. Like, you know, people are awful on Twitter. I'm nice to you on Twitter. <laughs> Not even. Like, actually, you're one of the worst. Actually, you're actually one of the worst people on Twitter. To Legit, 100%, right. like, full-on troll status I mean, all the time. Like, if Brian Hill has an audience filled with Field Yates, is I completely uh, Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> right. So, well, like, whatever. Twitter is 
Twitter is an awful place. There's no question about it. And, and, you know, and I don't believe, and, and to Twitter's credit, they at least publicly admit this, that they have not done nearly enough to curb, to figure out solutions to curb people's behavior and, and save people from their worst instincts. Um, but while they continue to work through that issue, I would argue that, that while whether it's fantasy managers chirping or upset Falcons fans, maybe he doesn't get much of the ire because he hasn't started before. Like when they've been yeah. when they were two and seven, when they were one and seven, you know, I mean, like so maybe he doesn't see much of that. But that's that's part of the gig of being in the in the public eye. And I get it. Listen, I I haven't always been the best on Twitter either. There have been moments when I have. You know, where haven't I, always been the best, or I haven't have always ever been, been the, the best. I, I feel like I feel like once about three years ago, moment. I had a pretty good tweet. <laughs> um, you know, just sort of you know, I caught some wind. Was and, it the uh, time that you were talking about deleting your account? That was awesome. The private, private minute, but anyway, I, I just, yeah. I know. Listen, I, know. I, I get it. I understand it. I just feel like just don't. To quote the great Herm Edwards. Don't hit send. Don't hit send. Indeed. Let's talk about the Redskins, Matthew. But anyway, can't. we didn't answer the question, which is my my feeling is is that no. I mean, so they play Tampa Bay next week, right? Good run defense, right, very good run defense. And so, no, I would not feel comp- like if if you picked up Brian Hill, you're like, woohoo! I won the lottery. Like, not really, not feeling good. We'll see if Devontae Freeman is back this week. It doesn't look like he will be. But after this performance in a game in which they dominated and they were up in a good matchup. Yeah. Again, I, if it's if there's not a holding penalty on Brian Hill's touchdown, it, maybe we're looking at this a little bit differently. But there was he's going to be a life. Yep, there's going to be a um, Brian Hill is going to be at best a desperation flex against the Buccaneers. So I have some good next news. week. I have yes, some sir. good news. The Redskins scored a touchdown yesterday. Woo, baby! After setting the record at least since 2001 with 16 straight quarters without a touchdown. Hail the Redskins! Hail victory! The Redskins scored a touchdown yesterday. They got waxed by the Jets, 34 to 11. And I think the takeaways, or at least the questions, are regarding two players, Matthew. Darius Geis made his, not season debut, but almost like his season re-debut after getting injured all the way back in week one. He had seven carries for 24 yards, and he had the, well, one of the two Redskins offensive highlights from the day. A 45-yard touchdown on a screen pass that allowed his day to turn into a 13.9 fantasy point effort. However, is Adrian Peterson far too involved for Darius Geis' performance to even matter, Matthew? Yes. That's kind of how I feel, too. Is that yesterday... It was one great play, and it showed you sort of the explosiveness of Darius Geis. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, I was going to say, he didn't have a touch until 8.57 left in the first half. Like, Adrian Peterson is a starter, and... I would tell you that what the team should do, the one that is one and nine and tumbling towards a top two draft pick, yeah, is are. play every young player and develop the heck out of those players. But I would also say that this is not a normal team. Adrian Peterson, I think, will continue to get out there every single cool. week, in part because they're the Redskins, and in part because he is so respected within that locker room, which I guess those two tie together. I think maybe the Redskins also are sort of protecting Darius Geis a little bit because this is a player who's had multiple major injuries already since he entered the NFL that a 25 carry game on a week to week basis feels fleeting to me. It does. And so, you know, interesting, we were having a call this morning with the producers, of uh, the fantasy show on ESPN plus, we're right. talking, we're sort of planning out our waiver wire show. And they asked me, did I want Darius guys to be the number one running back waiver claim on our show? And I said, no, uh, because for the reasons that you just laid out and what I would talk about is that, look, it's a bad offensive line. That play that play hopefully showed you sort of what I've been talking about for a year and a half is that Darius Geis 
is a big play waiting to happen. He's an insanely talented running back that he, uh, he was, you know, a lot of, a lot of scouts and I, I, uh, I don't consider myself a scout, but I, I shared this opinion thought that after Saquon Barkley, he was the second best running back coming out of college last year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he gets derailed, derailed by injuries. And one of the things right. I talked about in the preseason this year was like, like he's a good pass catcher. People don't appreciate that because they didn't use him that way at LSU. But having talking to, having spoken to, uh, Redskins, uh, coaches and people around the front office, like I knew that was something they, they did with him in practice and they were really impressed with. So I think what that play does is it shows you the potential of Darius Geis, the explosiveness, the, the run after catch ability, the, the ability to catch the ball, you know, and, and the vision and the speed. And so like there's a lot there to like about Darius Geis. But I would completely agree with you, Field, is that this is not a normal franchise. It's not being run like a normal franchise. It's not being coached like a normal franchise. Correct. Because you would think that they would they would be like, yep, we're one and nine. The season hasn't gone the way we wanted to. Let's develop our young players. And yet, and so they're doing that a little bit with Dwayne Haskins, but look, they should have traded Adrian Peterson at the trade deadline. I mean, like they, because they, he had, they, there were interest, there was interest in him and yeah. he's a 34 year old running back on a friendly deal. Like I, so the takeaway is that anyway. no, we're not ready to trust Darius Geis and it may not come at all this season if the team continues to be dedicated to Adrian Peterson. Meanwhile, it is worth noting. I, like, I don't mind picking him up. Yeah, because, I said the same like, thing in the waiver. Right. Go like, and grab because, him. I mean, like, their upcoming schedule isn't bad, uh, certainly for running backs, right? I mean, so Detroit, Carolina, Green Bay are the next three. None fine, of them are, yeah, yeah, none of them are run defenses that scare you. But this offense looks dysfunctional. Well, the offensive line looks brutal. And, I mean, he scored on one, one big play. One touchdown in the past 17 quarters. So that leads us to Terry McLaurin, who, awesome. We love him. And he has been. I really uh, well, they actually scored two court. They scored two, two. I'm sorry. You're right. 34 17 was the final. They scored two touchdowns yesterday. So two in the past 17 quarters. Really yeah. They, an Jeremy Sprinkle caught a touchdown as overall well. Overall amount of touchdowns for them. But Terry McLaurin, Matthew, has really, really, actually tapered off, but it's not yeah. really his fault, right? No. He hasn't hit double digit points since week six against Miami. Are we at the point now where he is desperation, flex? That's about it. Desperation wide receiver four is where he is. Yeah. Like, I mean, so. My expectation is, is so they are at Detroit next week. I'm sorry, Detroit is in wa- at Washington. Yeah, it's the it's the Barry Squirrel Bowl, baby. What are the what are the uh, what's the wager there? We'll have to Love it. Out. Yeah, we'll figure out a wager for that one. Right, me and you on Friday. We'll have to figure. We'll do something for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all in. We have Kyle versus Devonia, Packer versus 49ers. Big. Nobody cares there. about their teams. Oh, yeah, thank that's you. just that's just it is what it is. You think everyone says? You think people are at home going like, oh, but it's also a Kyle. No one even knows. They care about our teams, not us. They care about our teams a lot more. No, I think they care about you more than they care about the Packers. No one cares about the Packers. More people know Thirsty Kyle from the 06010 podcast than know, oh, you know who Kyle's team is? It's the Packers. No, I agree. No one knows who your team is. They don't care about my team. I'm saying the Packers is an entity versus the 49. Like, it's a more important NFL game than uh, Redskins-Lions. Yes, it is a more important NFL game. But for our little universe, our dumb little 06010 universe... Given the amount of time we've talked Lions and Redskins on this podcast, well, then I hope, you especially in relation wager. to Daniel and I, yes, we I will absolutely do great, something. Great, we wager. will do, we will do a wager. Like I don't know, loser has to buy Stefania dinner. I think that's probably what she'll. Suggest. Oh, that's probably fair. And yes. then neither one of us get the points as a yeah. part of the wager. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so so anyway, so it's it's the it's the it's the Barry Dot Bowl on Friday uh, on uh, in week twelve here, but. My expectation is is that you would see Darius Slay on Terry McLaurin. I just don't know who else he would shadow uh, from the Redskins. Look, he got a 41-yard catch late 
uh, which sort of bailed you out. But like, I watched a lot of that game, and I'm like, sorry. Yeah, it was brutal. Like, and by the way, just so people understand, when I say I watched a lot of that game, it, it makes it sound like I we watch all the games at the same time because we're doing this Monday at 10 a.m. Like, right. we we don't have time to go back and watch each game individually Speak before this podcast. And so, um, anyway, I, you know, McLaurin. Uh, like it was just like pulling teeth. You're just like, oh, oh, please give me something because I had to start McLaurin in the war room. And anyway, you know, I I don't believe there is any fantasy relevant player on this team that you can feel good about starting in anything, any situation other than as a desperation, like hope they fall into the end zone kind of way. We'll talk about Devontae Parker in a minute. But first, a word from our movie star, Matthew, about other movie stars in the upcoming film, 21 Bridges. So, the new movie, 21 Bridges, stars Chadwick Boseman. Hmm. You know, Black Panther. Yeah, I've heard of him. So, you call him Black Panther. Other people may call him Chadwick. I call him my co-star, of course. Uh, you know, Chadwick and I both nice. in Avengers Endgame, the highest grossing movie of Pretty all time. Awesome, huh? And by the way, you know who directed Avengers Endgame? The Russo brothers. Joe and Anthony Russo. Joe, of course, a friend of the podcast. We love Joe here. Big fantasy player. Played in our celebrity league for many years. And right. So, I'm aware um, of that. Yeah. this is, uh, this movie is actually from the Russo brothers. So, uh, it's 21 Bridges. It stars Chadwick Boseman. It's from the Russo brothers. And basically, Chadwick plays a fearless New York City detective who pulls off the manhunt of the century in search for two dangerous killers on the loose field. The story unfolds over one epic night. The clock is ticking. He goes to extreme measures by shutting down the entire island of Manhattan. That means all 21 bridges are on complete lockdown. And that's where the title comes from. The movie's that? called 21 Bridges. There's oh, 21 Bridges. I did not get that. Yeah, now yeah, I, yeah. So now I am understanding. I am tracking. Yeah, there you go. So, by the way, and it's not just Chadwick Boseman. We all loved him as Black Panther, so it's going to be fun to watch him. But in inclu- including Chadwick, you also got Stephen James, Taylor Kitsch, J.K. Simmons, Sienna Miller. J.K. Simmons, of course, you know what movie he was in? Many of them. He was in, he was, he was in many of them. But, uh, yeah, he was in a couple. Yeah. What's the one with the the drummer? He was in uh stop it. <laughs> you guys remember? I just completely blanked on what's the what's the what's he won the Oscar for? It's the, Spinal Tap. No, stop it. Is there an animal? Almost famous? Uh, drumline? Drumline. Was it drumline? It's not drumline. It's Whiplash. Ah, oh, oh, of course. That was the next one I had. Yeah. yeah I hate it. both of you so much. <laughs> Anyway, J.K. Simmons was in Whiplash with our friend Miles Teller, who was also oh, a member of the Celebrity nice. League. Oh, that? yeah, I know that guy. Miles yeah. Teller got a lot anyway. of love on Twitter yesterday. Miles Teller's awesome. What? Well, because he, he, he went to the Eagles game, and yeah. the Eagles did a good job of incorporating them to their sort of uh, publicity for the game, because he's, a, as you said, diehard Eagles fan. Diehard Eagles fan, yes. 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 So anyway, 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 J.K. Simmons, who's an amazing actor, he's in this, as is Sienna Miller. She's great. All of them, along with Chadwick Boseman. Listen, we all loved watching him in Black Panther. Can't wait to see him own New York being a hero of the streets. You got to check out 21 Bridges. It's only in theaters November 22nd, this Friday. 21 Bridges. Support the podcast. Support our friends, the Russo brothers, and go see 21 Bridges. Or you know what? Honestly, like, don't tell anyone I said this. Buy tickets to 21 Bridges and then sneak in to see whatever you want. We just care about the ticket sales, I think. You know what? I think you'll appreciate the movie. So go see the movie I, it after looks you great. buy the I will say this. It well. looks great. It really does look great. And uh, That's I a know, lot of bridges to shut down, too. I'm interested to figure out how they how do, they do that. It. Logistically. Logistically. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, Matt. Anyway. Uh, and also, let's go see 21 Bridges. It looks awesome. And I know I've talked to Joe about it. I know he's very excited about it as well. Did you know that... Kirk Cousins has not thrown an interception in 177 straight passes. Did you know? Did you know? 
that Redskins Carson training. Wentz has run a touchdown in 13 straight games. Did you know that? I did not. Okay. Those are not the most impressive streaks. Okay. Devontae Parker has been on the ESPN Fantasy waiver wire column for what feels like about 37 yeah. straight weeks. What must he do to cross the 50% roster ship threshold to get him off the waiver column? Does 20.5 fantasy points work for you, Matthew? It does. Seven catches for 135 yards yesterday. And what about the formula has not been obvious? They're not very good. They have to throw it a lot. They don't have very many wide receivers. Devontae Parker was at one time the 14th pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. He has been disappointing, but there are some things that he naturally is able to do that nobody else on that team is able to do. What more do we have to do to get him off that, 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 the waiver wire column? Every week I'm writing about him. Right. Five catches or a touchdown in seven straight games, you know. Uh, he's been a touchdown machine as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And he's going to be for the whole year. Yeah. Absent. I mean, why wouldn't they? We have, we have said this before. Fitzy has absolutely supported multiple fantasy relevant wide receivers over the course of his career. He is not an amazing NFL quarterback, but he's a competent one. He's a professional NFL quarterback. And yeah. again, he is good enough to, whether it's Brandon Marshall, uh, you know, when he was with the Jets or you think about, you know, Evans and um, Godwin last year during the time that he was starting for Tampa Bay, like over the course of his career, go back to his Texans days. Like he's been on a lot of teams and he supported a lot of fantasy relevant wide receivers as well. So Devontae Parker should absolutely be picked up. I think he's to me and there's a lot of wide receivers out there, but I would prefer Devontae Parker to Debo Samuel. Um, I would say right. It's a coin flip. Those are the two the two names that lead the waiver column this week. And it's just maybe a matter of what you're looking for, I guess. Um, Devontae Parker might have a, a higher floor, but Debo Samuel might have a higher ceiling, just a better overall offense. Yeah, and, my concern on Debo Samuel is he, you know, an impressive player. Like I really liked him a lot coming out of college, and we talked about him sort of in the yeah. preseason in terms of in, in terms of rookies. But you know, Manuel Sanders banged up, George Kittle not in this game. What happens when they get back to full health? Is he sure. still producing at this kind of level? It was obviously a great matchup with Arizona. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's sort of a one-two there. You ask the question, Field, what do we have to do to get Devontae Parker off the waiver wire? Do you think it's just people not reading your column? That's exactly you what it is. Should we, is, is the solution, ignore, Keith? Yes. So, you want, oh, you want to write the column? I, I can farm it out to somebody. <laughs> I, I have somebody that can write it for me. Uh, do we, uh, not cool Keith, do you think that's the, the solution here? Not cool Keith, as people that may not know this, but not cool Keith when he's not sitting Edits here listening column, to our yeah. nonsense. He is, he is the fantasy football editor for ESPN. So he oversees all of our fantasy football coverage here at the Wild Worldwide Leader. And so among the duties he does is he says, Field, go write the waiver wire column. Do you think that's the issue? Should we get, like, what about Tristan? If like Tristan or Carabelle or somebody like that, we got Mike Clay to write another column? We threw, we made Thirsty Kyle write it because he's desperate to write yeah, it. Yeah, I think maybe he's Ken thirsty. Dobby. Maybe if Ken Dobby oh, wrote it. Ken Dobby, we could oh, do that. Oh, yeah. We love Ken Dobby. Ken loves the fact that he gets name drops like four or five times a season. He must <laughs> he love that. Love You're that. right. Yeah. I know. No doubt. Understand Ken Dobby left of his own. We, we would love Ken Dobby back. Ken Dobby has a, has a big, big job in the real world. And yeah, he, would that just, to, he would love to be, be writing for us as well. Yeah, exactly. Knows. So much love to Ken Dobby. He's not here. Uh, not, not at our choice. We, we wish he was back. Why don't we share one more stat then to push him past? Not cool. Keith gave us didn't give us an answer. Anyway, the question is the question to you, not cool, Keith, as somebody who oversees the entire fantasy football coverage of ESPN. Um, do you think the reason Devontae Parker is not over fifty percent is just people have tuned out field at this point. They're tired of him. They just don't read it. They gloss over it. Good chance of that. Yes. Fair enough. That's what I thought. Good chance. Okay. Well, one more stat to help maybe maybe they don't read my call. Maybe they listen to this podcast. He's we wide told receiver- them just to download it. Okay. But all right. Well, wide receiver eleven in total points since week six. 
Dude. He's wide receiver 19 on a per game basis. What? You're telling me that there is there's a guy out there that is not rostered in 50% of leagues that's wide receiver 11 since week, week six. six. Correct. Week wide six. Receiver, yes, week correct. six. That means six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. What? What's happening? What's going on? What am I missing here? People are sometimes not listening. Or reading. Listen up! Go find Devontae Parker on your waiver wire column and maybe... Feels like maybe less craft beer posts on Instagram and more Devontae Parker posts. Uh, I'll take, yeah. <laughs> Something to think about. Continue to take Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, please take social media advice from Matthew here. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, my IG is on fire. Yeah. Like, you're great at Twitter, but I have to be honest. We've I, thought it's a dumpster fire for a long time, Matthew. No, listen, my IG is pretty, is pretty strong. Is it? I'm, I'm getting there. Is it? How do you define strong? High volume? Well, I'll tell you exactly how I define strong. You want to okay. know how? Yeah, how? Listen. I'm an old dude on Instagram. I'm not exactly Instagram's audience, and I'm at 115,000 followers. Okay, that's, that's not bad. To, like How's seriously, good. Like I'm good not an Instagram thing? model, and yet I'm uh, I'm over 100. If your if your IG is strong, then Fields IG is country fast and strong. I'm sorry, man. Oh boy, Daniel. It's all about engagement, baby. All about in. I have strong Instagram engagement. Do you? Uh, yeah, okay. I do actually. I believe you. Yeah, at Matthew Berry TMR. Okay, we'll have to find out. Uh, talking. Uh, speaking of, let's play- do it. Let's do a here. Come on, right now. Let's do a photo. Me and you. I'm not, no, it's, 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 we, we can't do this all the time. It becomes a little bit of, a, of an old shtick. You can post a picture of you and I if you want. That. If yeah, you I'm going to do that. Engagement. I was going to do that right now. We should post it at the same time. We'll just get some good engagement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good, good, good engagement. Here we go. This is uh, this moment. Hey, hang on. That's a bad photo. Oh, my gosh. I wish that you listening to this oh. podcast could see the oh, things that are happening in the studio. Matthew, go I'm going to explain it. Matthew's trying to hold his, his okay. phone out with a single hand while Wait, still hitting the button. Right there. Oh yeah, my gosh. There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. I want this to be a fair fight. It's like, no, I don't, I'm going to send it to you. It's like, you don't want to post it on yours. You can post it on yours. That's fine. Go ahead. I'm saying that'll get, that'll get you some good engagement. Yeah. 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 But you don't want to post it on yours at the same time. I'm good. Um, should I be offended by that? No, I think he just has a threshold. Daniel, that's a it's a very like simple but accurate statement. But isn't that? But shouldn't I be insulted by that? Well, I'm not good enough to make the bit. threshold. Uh, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Uh, has Kyle Rudolph worked his way into the weekly starter conversation amongst tight ends? Because Kyle Rudolph yesterday had another touchdown. He's got five in five games. He has at least three catches in each of those five games. Now the Vikings go into a bye week this upcoming week, and Adam Thielen has been banged up. We don't know if he's going to return after that bye week. At least stands to reason he's got a chance, but. Do we think it's possible, Matthew, that our friend, Mr. Kyle Rudolph, has worked his way into weekly starter conversation amongst tight ends? Matthew's too busy Instagramming, so I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you, too. I was going to say, Daniel, like, there is, he is at the top or near the top of players that aren't the obvious starts. Like, he's somewhere between tight end 7 and 11 for me, and he's part of a class that also includes guys, like, in a given week. Like, in, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish. I was going to say, people like, you know... Greg Olson can be there in a given week. You can see Jacob Hollister there based off how he has played recently for the Seahawks. Players like that, Jimmy Graham, like they're not, they're going to have weeks where they let you down, but they're going to have weeks where they get you 10 points and that's more than enough. And you can, it's more than you can ask for out of that position, especially with recent injuries to someone like Austin Hooper, which and, and George Kittle, which depletes an already weak position. Four touchdowns in the past three games, but you know, there's been no Adam Thielen, so. You know, I think that's part of it as well. Is, is Kirk Cousins sort of looking around for viable yeah, pass is catchers? Cousins playing really well. He's he is. a good red zone threat. Now, yesterday was a long touchdown. It wasn't a short touchdown, but still, like when they come back from by, the formula that has worked of late will continue to work for them. So, I think I would say this: 
strong enough that other players, like I, I like tight ends that at least are the number one of their team. I know Irv Smith is a good player too, but I like tight ends that at least are starters. He's definitely on their the number team. one, and this is a guy that you know has been team a captain, top twelve-ish fantasy their, tight end, and yep. in some years a top seven tight end. Like at the end of the year, he he ends up finishing there. But it is, it's one of those things. He is very touchdown or bust. Like he's not a guy that like is gonna not score a touchdown, but still get you. You know, four for eighty-four and have a have a decent game. Like yeah. I mean, so like Darren Waller yesterday. Darren Waller went had over twelve fantasy points, didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, which I'm very bitter about by the way because he was wide open. Derek Carr missed him. Derek Carr sort of motioned like, "Oh, Waller ran the ran too fast." Come on, Derek Carr. Right. And Foster Moreau got another touchdown, and then there was a he got another Waller got another end zone target, and like it was off one hand. It was just sure. again slightly overthrown. And he was covered well in that one, but. So super bitter about that, but my point is, is Waller still put, turned in a productive fantasy day, even without getting into the end zone. I don't think Kyle Rudolph, as currently constructed in this offense, can get you a relevant fantasy day without scoring. He yeah, is, the, he is the definition of touchdown dependent, which makes him like basically all but yeah. six tight ends. So yeah, it, I just no, put I him on the radar. That. He's available at sixty percent of leagues. But do you think he's good? Here's the question: I think on Kyle Rudolph. So you mentioned they're on a bye this week. Yeah, is he good, good enough, enough that you are picking him up? Now and holding them through two weeks. Well, back to what you were saying earlier about like this is the time of the year when you're considering playing defense. Yeah. Like this would be the if you have a an extra roster spot and there are only four quarterbacks left to go on a bye, Kyler, Phillip Rivers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and somebody else that I am forgetting off the top of my head. So that's three players that are two players, Mahomes and Murray, that are definitely starting most weeks for you in your lineup if you have a quarterback. Potentially cousins. Um and cousins, excuse me, of course. Yes. So Mahomes, if you have Mahomes or Kyler, you're making new plans this week. But otherwise, there's a good chance you've already got the utility out of your backup quarterback. You can drop that player for a a better tight end yeah. option. Although we will, although we will see. Oh, uh, Philip Rivers. Yes, Some people are using Philip Rivers, yeah. and you know. By the way, um, I don't know. This, I haven't seen a lot of news on this, and so we'll see. But Jameis Winston was hobbling at the end of that game yesterday. Mm. Like he haven't he heard left a thing on it. Yeah, right. I mean, like Bruce Arians said after the game that he was nervous about his ankle. Like he was out there hobbling, like so we'll see. But if Jameis Winston were to miss time, that would be significant. I think a lot of people are using Winston as their starting quarterback. Sure, yeah, It'd you know, be, with, yeah. with one eye one eye closed, squinting at the TV, not thrilled about it. But some yeah, some days it works, some days it does not right. work. Anyways, yes, I think uh, Kyle Rudolph is he a priority for your last roster spot? Sure, uh, no, he's not. But is he somebody that if you are struggling with tight ends right now and you've been relying on? Any number of unreliable tight ends, then I think he's fine to add and stash for a week. Let's let me ask you, Field, as the author of Free Agent Finds, yeah. our waiver wire column on ESPN.com, which will be up later today, right? Yes. They haven't replaced you as author yet. Not no, yet. no, no, not no. yet. Okay, good. But there's still time. I noticed Keith making notes and sending emails right now. I just right. I'm looking Correct. back in the window yes, and correct. everything like that. Yeah, look, he's he's got uh, yeah. he's already yeah there you go. He's already got his list of potential replacements. Got it. Okay. Of people that will get Devonte Parker over fifty percent. Nice. I think that's a personal feeling on your part. Wait, David John. David Johnson's amongst the authors because he's retired from fantasy football. Is that what you're telling me? Wow. We'll get to that later on. Right? Wow. Uh, that is rare shade from Field Yates. Usually the shade is reserved only from me, but wow. I thought he didn't he retire. Secret squirrel. He didn't he, he didn't have a touch yesterday. Did, is he That's weird. Playing? No, I didn't I guess I didn't I I mean I I don't I started him. He got me zero points. <laughs> should have started uh Kenyon Drake. Yeah, well Cardinals you should have beat me. That. Um that's true. I did. I I lost you in. Um, it looks like you're going to lose to me. It looks. I'm going to lose to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's very upsetting in our show league, right? Oh yeah. 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 Um, America's really sad about it. Whenever you lose a fantasy, <laughs> to me specifically, I don't believe they are. But my question here, Field Yates, is I uh, 
I, I give you another award-winning segue. As the author of our Free Agent Finds column, what is more important to you, uh, Kyle Rudolph or Cameron Brait, who had 10 catches for 73 yards yesterday on 14 targets? O.J. Howard was benched, I think, after 16 snaps. I'm going to answer that question after we take a quick break and get a word from, I believe, the Fantasy Show. We'll be right back to talk about Cameron Brait and much more. Ooh. Fantasy, you're in the old 6010. We're back, and now we're going to answer the question that Matthew posed to me just prior to our break there about Cameron Brait and whether I think there's more value there versus Kyle Rudolph. And my answer is that I don't even know if Cameron Brait's going to make the waiver call, Matthew, because you know why? Why is that? I have no idea what the Bucks' plans are for our tight end week to week. How can you possibly put any faith into a player becoming the guy in Tampa Bay, given how fickle the nature is of how they treat tight ends. I don't, I don't mean treat like personally. I just mean how they utilize their tight ends. Like, how can you buy into anybody right now in Tampa Bay? Here's how: they hate OJ Howard. Okay, but hates a strong word. Like, hates a strong word. But my point is, is that we've seen Cameron Brait have success with with um, uh, Jameis Winston before. We've seen Cameron Brait have six fantasy success before. O.J. Howard got benched yesterday. Like, the first interception... Jameis did not play well yesterday. But the first interception was entirely on O.J. Howard. It was a ball that kind of went around the world of O.J. Howard and gets picked off. Right, right, exactly. Like, it was a a perfectly thrown ball that O.J. Howard just bobbled and then ultimately bobbled into the hands of the Saints. And so, their upcoming schedule at Atlanta, at Jacksonville, home to Indianapolis, at Detroit, is actually a pretty good one for opposing tight ends. And so... It's one of those things that's sort of like you'd have to be deeper league and have to be pretty desperate, but I'm not ready to dismiss it as just like, ah, it was one of those games, whatever. Because I think as they're sitting here trying to figure out this offense, um, you know, and they, they're clearly not able to run the ball. Like, and by the way, the Falcons defense all of a sudden is world beaters after two games. Like they've, they've completely turned the ship. And so my expectation is, is they'll try to take Godwin and Evans out, like, just like the Saints did yesterday. That, and that's one of the reasons why Brait got as many targets as he did is that yeah. the Saints did a good job of neutralizing Evans and Godwin yesterday. And so, um, yeah, I do think, again, for deeper leagues, for tight end desperate, um, Kyle Rudolph on a bye, Travis Kelsey on a bye next week, Hunter Henry on a bye next week. Like, it's going to be a ugly tight end week. Sure will be. That's for sure. Um, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Cameron Brait's a nothing. All I right. guess it's, I, I think it's worth, I think it's worth noting that, huh, if we get some clarity on OJ Howard's playing time from, you know, beat reporters on the kind of stuff like, because Bruce Arians just, after the game, and we can move on after this, but Bruce Arians after the game, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something effective like, yeah, I just don't get it. He's like, he's a talented player. We know he's talented and skilled, but it just doesn't show up on Sundays. Like, a a pretty, pretty damning, damning quote yeah. from Bruce Arians just saying, like, like, we don't know what's going on with this guy because we know he can do it. He just isn't. Uh, Randall Cobb is what's new again. He has consecutive 100-yard games with a touchdown as well. You buying this recent production from Randall Cobb? As it relates to fantasy, no. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because they play the Patriots next week right. in New England. Then they're home to Buffalo. Yeah. They're at Chicago. They're against the Rams. So maybe. But the next two weeks, I can't imagine but using all Randall four Cobb. All those games look tough to me, don't they? They do. I mean, but uh, the uh, the Rams, at least, I think you can do some stuff with a slot. The Rams don't defend a little bit. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at the, sure. But like, I mean, it gets Jalen easier. Ramsey, yeah, he'll bone shadow him. But yeah, I mean, uh, Jalen Ramsey will shadow Amari Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. You know, or or Michael Gallup. I'm not sure which Amari one's better Cooper. at this. St- <laughs> uh, come on. 
Michael Gallup's pretty special, though. He's a good player, yeah. Really good Michael player. Gallup's yeah. pretty special. I would actually pivot this. So for me, no, not yet. It's been two nice games, but it just sort of, to me, what the Randall Cobb production recently has, has done is it, do, it does two things. It, to me, it just further solidifies Dak Prescott, clearly a top five quarterback, and, you know, rock in case, star. fantasy rock star. 100%. Amazing. Guys been and lights out. He's been, he's been unreal and he is somebody that is going to get paid, you know, like, uh, in the offseason yes, in a significant sure way. And so I know a lot of people are like not super excited about the Cowboys. Like, yeah, 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 but look at their upcoming schedule. And it certainly gets a lot tougher, right? Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams. But given the emergence of Randall Cobb and we already know how good Cooper and Cup, uh, Cooper and Gallup are. And then you've got, uh, and then you've obviously got Ezekiel Elliott, who they're starting to involve a little bit more in the passing game. Like, I, I would feel very good about Dak Prescott's production the rest of the way. And Cobb is a nice piece there. But in terms of picking him up and starting him, no, I think there, I would prefer, you know, I would prefer the, the Debo Samuels of the world, the Devontae Parkers of the world, some right. of the other wide receivers that sort of emerged, um, uh, in a bigger way, uh, this game. One last thing, though, I want to talk about real quickly. Pivot off this game. I'm just curious. Like, I, if you're drafting today for the rest of the season, yeah, Amari Cooper goes ahead of Michael Gallup, but I don't think he goes that much for. I don't think he goes a lot higher. It's been a couple of good games in a row for Michael Gallup for sure. Um, he's been ridiculous. But I think about it. Thirsty less- Kyle. What is Michael Gallup on a what's he's wide receiver? What since he came back? Well, he had four straight games with four fewer catches. So there was a stretch. But he's been there scoring where it wasn't. As great. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that I think it's less to me about like his value relative to Amari Cooper. It's more just about where he would stand amongst wide receivers in general. He'd probably be a top 25 or so pick right now amongst wideouts if you were to do the draft again. Um, but even with that schedule uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I just he the thing on Michael Gallup, though, is what I think is relevant here is that coming into the season, the knock on Michael Gallup, like Michael Gallup was a sleeper for me. He was a sleeper for a lot of people. But the people that were anti-Michael Gallup or that liked other people in the range of where Gallup was going, their knock on him was like, look, this is going to be a run-first offense that can only really support one fantasy-relevant wide receiver, and that's going to be Amari Cooper. Yeah. And I think what Kellen Moore and the Cowboys' offensive coaching staff have proven, and Dak Prescott has certainly shown, sure, is that this can support multiple fantasy relevant wide receiver and Thursday Kyle throws up on the screen that over the last three weeks in terms of total points he's wide receiver 10 yeah. Michael Gallup has been a top 10 wide receiver the last three weeks total points Amari Cooper wide receiver 6 Randall Cobb wide receiver 12 yeah, it's been a I busy mean, passing offense for them let's move on to the team they played yesterday which and, was the and that's when he came back right Cooper Gallup came back three weeks ago Thursday Kyle checking checking on that uh, checking over the past uh, three weeks he has been really good whether that was yeah. when he returned or I wasn't sure if it was three or four weeks. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, uh, who, other side of this game yesterday, filled in again for Matthew Stafford, who could be out more weeks. Uh, I know that Adam Schefter reported yesterday, it's essentially a six-week injury. We'll see whether or not Matthew Stafford actually takes the full six weeks to get back. He's a tough dude, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Driscoll has 45-plus points over the past two weeks, filling in for Matthew Stafford. They now play the Redskins, specific to Week 12. We're in Week 12, right? Is Jeff Driscoll a streaming option for Week 12, Matthew? Because yes. he was rock solid yesterday. Yeah. They play the yes. Redskins tomorrow. Yeah. They, they play the Redskins on Sunday in Sunday, Week 12. So tomorrow. here's the thing. Driscoll, who showed a little bit of mobility with Cincinnati, but much more now with Detroit. I mean, he ran some with the Bengals, yeah. but, I mean, 13 for 88 and and a touchdown in his two starts. So he's been using his legs quite a bit, and so 
look, you know, 27 and a half fantasy points yesterday after, uh, after having a really nice game in week 10 as well. Over the last two weeks, Jeff Driscoll is the sixth best quarterback in fantasy. How about that? And so, again, it has not been pretty. He's completed in just 58.3% yeah. of his passes. Daniel will tell you the offense has been far from a juggernaut the past couple of weeks. But because of the rushing ability and because he's going to create some plays when under duress, there's enough there to believe this is a streaming option for Week 12. Who would have thought that would be the name that we were pounding the table for in Week 12, the second to last week of the regular season, and Jeff Driscoll is a potential top 15 option? Uh, and look at their upcoming schedule. So at Washington, you like them there. Home to Chicago, which isn't great, but doesn't scare you the way it used to. At Minnesota, which is actually a really good matchup these days. This, this yeah. Viking secondary has been, Brandon Allen went in there and almost like, you I'm know. I'm still scared of the Bears for the record. I, I keep telling you, I, I still think this Bears the, defense is, is really But even really so, even, uh, like, I, the Bears defense is good. They're no longer great. Um, I don't know about that. So, what, uh, either way. Um, Regardless of whether you use them against the Bears or not, right? Yeah. We'll sort of see when we get there. That's week 13. I, I understand you might be a little, a little nervous, little, yeah. a little nervous, especially week 13. But anyway, three of the next four at Washington, home to Chicago, at Minnesota, home to Tampa Bay. This is all assuming he's still the starter. It sounds like right. Stafford will be back sooner. But it could be. Six week injury. Who knows? They're not, it looks like they're not making the playoffs, you know, like. So I'm worried about week 12 for right now. Let me just let me just start there. I think for week 12, I'm confident in Jeff Driscoll as a streamer. Before we move on to our next topic, I just want to take one moment here to uh, since we're talking about Jeff Driscoll, starting quarterback of your Detroit Lions. Correct. To take a moment here to wish a happy birthday to That's our very right. own secret Daniel squirrel, Dopp. Daniel Dopp. It was his birthday yesterday at Dopp Mama on Twitter. Posted some adorable photos of you as a young beardless child and uh, uh accurate yes and so uh i just want to take a moment to wish you a happy birthday how was your birthday it was fantastic matthew thank you for asking love I love you buddy and i love you too man 25 years old it's a very notable number for you You can now rent a car on your own i know any other yeah. perks you enjoyed yesterday or? my insurance rates go down too which is oh, pretty nice. cool yeah awesome. yeah uh yeah you know you hung out watched some football just sort of you know you did some stuff any goals for the next year now that you've begun a new one yeah uh, Get a promotion working on Mina Kimes podcast right. or yeah. Bill Barnwell or yeah, really yeah, any yeah, other show yeah, other than this one. Yeah, pretty much any podcast yeah. other than this one. Yeah. Maybe getting on Katie Nolan's show for right. next year for or, sure. yeah. you know, yeah, something. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Help ESPN minus get off the ground maybe a right. little bit. Yeah, yeah. that would be a good one. Just minus have now? Yeah. Uh, probably like, I don't know, 25, 30 million. <laughs> million. Right, something like that. Yeah. Right, right. Some small number. I mean, we're getting there. It was still a homegrown operation. Matt Prater again. Yeah. 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 Those are, uh, nothing wrong with that. Those are pretty good. It was a good, it was a good birthday though. And all, it was a good weekend, relaxing weekend. on a show that's on, actually on TV. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Throw a touchdown pass in an NFL game. That'd be awesome. Right? Yeah. That would be cool. We catch all love to catch Daniel. another touchdown pass from Russell Wilson. I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that for me yeah. to catch a touchdown pass from Russell. The only way it would get better is if maybe I caught one from Jeff Driscoll or Dan Orlovsky or, oh, you know, we can make that happen. We got guys. Yeah, we can make that we can, happen. We could definitely reach out. All right, what kind of anyway? Happy birthday, Secret happy birthday, I appreciate it. Thank Daniel you to everybody. Stop. Are you crushing it at work like Daniel is? Are you laser focused on beating that boss level? This doesn't mean you shouldn't eat. DoorDash can help you get your next meal from your favorite restaurants in minutes. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. 
Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, not Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and print a, enter promo code FOCUS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code FOCUS. Don't forget, that's promo code FOCUS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, Debo Samuel has been a player that we've talked about a couple of times already on the show in reference to other top wide receiver ads. Forget him being a must-add. I think he should be added in all leagues right now on ESPN Fantasy. And we'll write about him on the waiver column, which will be out on Monday. Matthew, has he already entrenched himself as a top 30 play, a flex option in most leagues? Entrenched himself? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. I mean, I, I think, look, I think he's he's definitely a must-add. I think he's, okay. right, he's definitely somebody, and I think... Uh, as long as George Kittle is out, yep. then I think so. Uh, you like the matchup this week at home against Green Bay on Monday Night Football. I'm a company man. Um, but then at Baltimore, at New Orleans, they might have Lattimore back, home to Atlanta, which is suddenly a good defense. So I, I think he's in the flex conversation, yep. but I'm not sure he's a set it and forget it, don't think about it, doesn't match up independent kind of guy. Okay. Because I think the 49ers still want to be a run first offense. I do like this this stat though from Twitter. Uh from Kyle. Um I don't know I just saw Twitter. Uh here's the list of active wide receivers that have had consecutive games of six catches and 110 yards in a as a rookie. Odell Beckham Jr., really good player. Michael Evans, really good player. Julio Jones, really good player. And Debo Samuel. Pretty good company to keep right there. The 49ers certainly have found themselves a keeper in Debo Samuel. So Samuel, I think idea. I'm gonna tw- I'm gonna tweet that stat. Okay, I'll, I'll give that. I'm go. gonna give you credit there, Thirsty Kyle. I'm there gonna tweet go. it, and uh, you go ahead and talk while I tweet. So Debo Samuel is a player that we do think merits consideration in all leagues. He's available in about 75 percent of leagues. But the story of this game, in my opinion, is the fact that David Johnson did not see a single touch in this game. That's right, David Johnson, who was active, who was healthy, who was a full participant in practice this week, did not see a single touch in the game. It was the Kenyon Drake show. Kenyon Drake, once again, dominated running back touches. And if you roster David Johnson, you're frustrated. You played him because you know why? Well, I shouldn't say you definitely played him. But on Fantasy Football Now yesterday, I introduced my opening thought of the day was that if I have David Johnson in my lineup, I would be considering finding somebody else to play if I had the options. Because there were some wins, some signs that perhaps David Johnson was not going to be the dominant running back for the Cardinals on Sunday. Instead... He didn't play at all. I'm stating the obvious here, and there's no debating this right now. Until further notice, you cannot play David Johnson in fantasy football. You just can't do it. I don't care about who they're playing. I don't care about any of that stuff. They're on a bye this week. You cannot play David Johnson when he returns from a bye in week 13. There's too much risk right now. How are we supposed to understand the psyche of Cliff Kingsbury, the play caller for this offense, and expect that David Johnson's all of a sudden going to get right back into the lineup? He's fully healthy. The guy is fully healthy according to their injury report. He had zero touches yesterday. I'm sorry. David Johnson was one of the players that was highly drafted this year. David Johnson 
It's not usable in fantasy football. Did you happen to see? Did you see David Johnson's tweet yesterday after the game? Nope, didn't see it. Uh, so our digital video producer Kenny is going to put it up uh, for okay. those watching the screen. But after the game, this is what David Johnson tweeted out: it "says Welp, Welp, dot, dot 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 zero touches for David Johnson. David Johnson, who this is a player who is due ten point two million dollars in guaranteed salary next year, zero touches. Fascinating week." That Again, seems like a lot of money. It is. That seems like a lot of money for a guy you don't use. Correct. Bottom line, How do I period, get one of those end gigs? of story, you cannot How do I, play I, David Johnson. I feel like Johnson. I have the opposite of that gig. You, you, you can't <laughs> play David Johnson until you see it again. You can't. I mean, unless you are totally desperate. I, I don't think you can do it. Here's what I would say is that, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. We So on Fantasy Football Now, we have this thing called the Red Zone. Which is and it's sort of an over under thing where we take you know sort of player props and we keep track and we have fun with it. Yeah. And the prop yesterday was for over under fifty yards, fifty total yards for David Johnson. Correct. I took the under and I was just like, boy, I, it's so interesting. I took the under, and I was just like, and then after I took it, I'm just like, because we don't hear feel we don't get the questions ahead of time. It's just like we're sort of in the moment, and I was just sort of like, oh boy, fifty's not that much. Boy, is, did I just make a mistake? I won that by 50. <laughs> I mean, I had 50 yeah. yards to spare. Like, it, I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to me. And this is a guy that wasn't on the injury report field. I mean, like, as we've talked that, about, yes. right? I mean, like, yeah. it's like so I, I would agree with you. And I, I think the larger part is not only can you not start him, but that you drafted him assuming that, you know, he was a first-round pick, a first- or second-round pick, depending on when you drafted this year. Here's a guy that, like... You need to move forward. The trade deadline is Wednesday. You need to assess your team with the idea that David Johnson is out for the year and have the mindset that anything you get here from here on out for, from David Johnson is gravy because you can't assume based on what we've seen that you're going to get anything from him. Like they were competitive in this game. I don't think there's anything in that game that makes you think that Cliff Kingsbury is like, you know what? We got to change things up. We got to get David Johnson more involved. He had fewer touches than Quentin Nelson yesterday, man. I mean, Quentin Nelson's a guard, right? For the Colts, yeah, scored a touchdown. It was called back, which is bush league. Still, totally, he was in. All right, so David Johnson, as we say, you can't play him until you have actually seen it. You just can't play him. They go but, on a buy, but, and then you but can't I'm, play him. But what I'm saying, Field, is beyond that. Is I'm yes, saying, you I agree. Need to, right? You need to. It's beyond just like you can't play, but like. Look at that hole in your lineup and be like, oh, I've got until Wednesday to figure this out because the trade deadline is Wednesday. Figure out when, obviously, the the trade deadline is in your league. But in the ESPN Standard Leagues, if it's if your manager just did the default, it's Wednesday. And so, uh, yeah, assume for the purposes of, of kind of looking at your roster management that uh, David Johnson is out for the year. It's, it's More a shocking turn of events there, by the way. Two touchdowns for Ross Dwelly. In this game as well. Uh, we have more trade talk coming tomorrow on the show, by the way, with the deadline on Wednesday, as you were just referencing. And Matthew, I believe you, or no, I don't believe you had Ross Dwelly as your long shot on fantasy football now yesterday. So I Ross did. Dwelly comes through. The Arizona Cardinals continue to be the gift that gives to opposing tight ends. It's unbelievable. How comfortable are you with Tom Brady or Carson Wentz as your starter heading into the fantasy playoffs if you are blessed to get that far? Would you, would you even consider starting either one of them right now? Consider starting, I'm sure, yeah. depending on what other options I have. How yeah. comfortable am I? Not super comfy. How about this? I actually disagree. Okay. 
It's all about the schedule coming up, right? All so right. for Tom Brady, over the next four weeks, they play the Cowboys, who have really struggled defensively of late. The Texans, who are really, really thin in terms of cornerback play. The Chiefs, who we know they've had their struggles all year defensively. And, then at and the Bengals. Yeah. All of those are reasonable. Actually, they're actually very good matches for Tom Brady, in my opinion. They play two of those four games at home. And again, the one on the road is at Cincinnati. Like, I don't consider that a particularly difficult task. Carson Wentz has the Seahawks, the Dolphins, in Miami, the Giants, and then at the Redskins. Again, none of good those schedule. scare me. And I understand that. Right now, as crazy as it may seem, because the Patriots' weapons are not necessarily scary, the Eagles are less scary, right? I mean, right now, I mean, yesterday, Jordan Matthews is starting for them. Like, guy was signed off the street. I understand he's been there before. But the Eagles are so banged up at wide receiver right now. And we don't know when Alshon Jeffrey is going to return. Um, and I know that Tom Brady has traditionally struggled or has slowed down, I should say, yeah. in the fantasy playoffs before right. gearing up for the real playoffs for the Patriots. But I still believe, I, I actually think the Patriots offense has a chance to build some confidence over the next four weeks. Same goes for the Eagles. Both teams have a lot to play for. Philly is still very much in that NFC East mix. Um, I'm not saying that I'm ignoring other options that are available, but right now I'd imagine there's not a surefire, obvious top 10 option available via waivers. I actually have more confidence in these guys than I think you would expect me to have based off how ugly yesterday's game was offensively. The question isn't whether I would start them. The question was how comfortable. And I I would still say I'm a little bit uncomfortable because honestly, off the bye against Philadelphia, that should have been a good matchup. If we, if we talked about this, you know, a couple of earlier last week, and you'd ask me the same question about Brady. You said, "Look at their coming schedule. Right. Philadelphia doesn't scare you with those those corners." Sure. No, I listen. I I'm mean, like, and they they, they yeah, they had to go to Edelman and a trick play to score a touchdown pass. Yeah. Like, that's the only that's the only question. Like, you know, Mosinu got a little bit banged up. Their run game, you know, struggled against Philadelphia. That's not surprising either. I think the and part of the problem is, as it relates to Brady, at least, is that that. Patriots defense is so good. They don't need to get into shootouts. They don't need to like they I mean, Brady did not play well yesterday. The offense as a whole did not play well and they still won. Yeah. They won seventeen to ten. Sure. No, I get it. So I I think we kind of are I'm a little bit more confident in both of these players. There's not like a quantifiable like, you know, hey, what's the action I'm that I take you. versus you? I guess just a matter of how you view the uh, upcoming schedule and just sort of your it's, Built in confidence. It's to both listen. Teams. They're both very talented, real life NFL quarterbacks. Yep. They both have fantasy friendly offenses around them, and they both have schedules that get easier. So those are all positives. But I don't think you can say they're a hundred percent out of the woods. So cautiously optimistic. There, good enough. Works there you for me. Go. Uh, Let's move along. Because who would have thought this was going to happen? Joe Mixon has been good over the past couple of weeks. Dude. Matthew, he had his first rushing touchdown of the season yesterday. 15 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. He had over 17 fantasy points. You mentioned this, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. But fantasy trade deadline is noon Eastern time on ESPN.com on Wednesday. If you had the opportunity to either invest in Joe Mixon, would you feel comfortable doing so? Or if someone made you an offer for Joe Mixon, would you be entertaining said offer given how he has played over the past couple of weeks? I think I would prefer the... uh, I think I would prefer... Prefer to trade Joe Mixon. Prefer to trade away. Yes, then okay. then sort of trust anything in this this offense. Okay. You yeah, I think, I think I feel the same way for you. The schedule upcoming is the Steelers, the Jets, who, by the way, lead the NFL in yards per carried allowed. They're the best. The Browns, the Patriots. I think with Joe Mixon, um, yeah, he's been better the past couple of weeks. But if you could get a usable piece week to week for Joe Mixon, a starter in either yeah. your wide receiver or running back spot or a solid flex play, 
I would entertain trading Joe Mixon. It's just too much of a small sample size. They're too poor offensively, consistently, and you know. By the way, and their upcoming schedule. Like so, Steelers, Steelers this week. That's a tough run defense. Yep. Jets are actually a very good. Dis- Despite whatever the big play from Darius Geis, Jets, believe it or not, actually a decent run defense too, yeah, right? And yeah. so number one run defense in the NFL uh, in terms of yards per carry allowed. Yes, right. And then you know, yeah. right. You, and you, then you've talked about this too, right? Their yeah. schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, just whatever. I'm just sort of reiterating here, but um, yeah, Cleveland and New England. Interestingly enough, just um, as we talked about the quarterbacks there, with um, uh, just circling back there on the Brady Wentz conversation, real quickly for one second. Yep. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I think that's sort of interesting. So Baker Mayfield plays Miami this week. Yep. A Joe Brissett plays the Texans on Thursday night. Okay. And Sam Darnold gets the Raiders. So three guys that are all available in over 50% of ESPN leagues, all sure. three guys that have played well in their certainly in their last game, and in some cases like with Brissett from the majority of the year, and have really good matchups. Yeah. Versus, you know, Brady, who has a tough matchup with Dallas. It's not a, they, it's not they, a tough matchup. It's not a defense that scares you, but it's not a, you know. Kirk Cousins just diced him. Jeff Driscoll just diced him. But like right now, the narrative. Are you in Dallas, saying? Are you saying Tom Brady's better than Kirk Cousins or, or Jeff more, Driscoll? Just slightly more accomplished. But no, right now the problem in Dallas is they 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 are struggling so much defensively. They yeah. they are offensively a juggernaut and defensively yeah. the opposite of that. That's the concern right now in Dallas. So, um, yeah. Anyways, I feel I think I still have more. I think I have more cautious optimism than your cautious optimism. So we don't Fair. feel great. Um, about Joe Mixon right now to the point that we'll be investing in him. If you get a usable piece, certainly feel free to do that. Time now for a crappy promo. It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. We are getting close to the holidays. It, it'll be are. it'll be Thanksgiving soon, and then as soon as Thanksgiving hits, all of a sudden it's the holidays, and it's going to be Christmas, and it's going to be Hanukkah, and you know, and we've got fantasy seasons ending. And so, what to get the fantasy fan in your life, or even for your even even for yourself? Yep. Some swag from FantasyLife.com. Yeah, I love you know, it. whether yep. whether it's a T-shirt, whether it's a sweatshirt. How about a trophy? We got some amazing trophy. trophies. Yeah. For your league champion and for your league loser. We have some loser trophies as well. Uh, we have some great tumblers and coffee mugs, hats, like you name it, with a bunch of fun phrases as well, including some for Secret Squirrel and Yater's Gonna Yate yeah. and, uh, and the Curse of Stefania Bell. And so all your friends here at the 06010. And so um, check it out, uh, fantasylife.com, and you can uh, use the promo code MB10. And get ten percent off. So uh, MB ten, yeah, like MB ten, ten percent off at FantasyLife.com. Uh, tell Matthew sent you. Okay, this one, the last game of the night saw Mitch Trubisky leave the game because of a hip issue. Some were wondering whether he was just benched. The Bears say no, he was a hip issue, and it it sort of flared up in the second quarter. Ugly game, seventeen to seven was the final. Todd Gurley did look pretty good, but it's weird how we're like he had twenty five carries for less than a hundred yards, and people are like, yeah, Todd Gurley's back. I love Todd Gurley, but lest we forget what happened over the past couple of years, like 175 total yards is back for Todd Gurley, right? Last night, right. that was still an encouraging effort, but for the other side of the coin, Matthew. Just, I think, listen, the, the 25 rushes than, was encouraging. Yes, he, caught, he caught three passes, which going into that game, he had one pass catch over 13 yards, or one right. game with over 13 yards receiving, I should yeah, say. So right. just the fact that even was it wasn't as much as he would have liked, 
They also had a lot of three and outs as well. I mean, the offense didn't look great, but I think if you have Todd Gurley, you were encouraged by last night because the offensive line played better and they committed to Todd Gurley. You know, he got vultured by Malcolm Brown at the end, but still did get one touchdown. To me, the bigger concern was the passing game. Goff, once again, looked awful. Cooper Cup, uh, my little Cooper Cup, you know, uh, almost had a big play. Had had a big play, but almost got into the end zone on that. Fumbled like at the one-yard line, something like that. But, you know, and, and it was a weird game because Robert Woods inactive at the last minute. Right. Personal reasons kept Robert Woods out. Don't know the nature of those and don't want to speculate on those as well. From a Bear standpoint, though, true or false, you cannot plan on starting a single Bear for the rest of the season. Other than the defense? Other than the defense. I'm still probably starting Allen Robinson when their schedule gets – like, it was just Jalen Ramsey. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's not ideal. For yeah, the a schedule team that was better, right? I mean, the schedule is better from a cornerback perspective. Giants, Lions, Cowboys coming up, so you like that for Allen Robinson. But it's going to be maybe Tyler Bray is the quarterback going forward because it's not just Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's the quarterback, right? It's the quarterback. The offensive line's bad. The running game is terrible. You know, the Montgomery had fourteen carries for thirty-one yards last night. So bad, yep. awful, awful. I'm still so. It's sort Rick of the Cullen's similar. Got some the, value the, because of his receiving. Yeah, it's 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 the same answer that I give you in terms of when you're talking about Brady and Wentz. Like, you're, am I confident in starting Allen Robinson? No. Would I still start him? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, circumstantially, I get it. Yeah. The defense though might be a little bit of an issue too. And I look at their schedule in the playoffs: Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota. Four of the best offenses in football right now. Yeah. Maybe a sell high. If, if there is any value in selling high on the defense yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's a tough, tough year right now in Chicago. They, they have to do a lot of self-scouting. It's going to be a very fascinating offseason for the Bears, not to look past the final six games of the season, although some Bears might actually choose to do that. Tough times right now in Chicago. And, and yet quarterback still in better shape than Washington. There you go. Feel, tomorrow. Can, yeah. can I ask you a quick question real fast? Yes. We're going into, I, you, you know how Matthew always does the uh, Monday Night Miracle tweet? Yep. Here's my question for you. Okay. I'm up by 30 points on Matthew Berry. Yes. I have Keenan Allen. Okay. Matthew has Damian Williams, yep. Tyreek Hill, okay. and Hunter Henry. Ooh. Which side do you like? He's projected so, to beat me by like three points. Yeah. So this is this is in our show league. So yeah, so Tyreek Hill, yeah. Damian Williams, and Hunter Henry versus Keenan Allen and 30 points. I think I like Matthew on this one. No, Fields! I really don't like to say that, Daniel. What? I really don't. Yep. He just cursed me, though. He just cursed me. Much I actually do think Keenan Allen has a big game tonight. I, I hope think, so. But I think Tyreek Hill is just, I mean, Tyreek Hill is a guy that like can have 15 points in one play. Right. I mean, he's just, you oh, know. it's going to be so close. Estadio Azteca. We cannot wait for that game. Is it later. Estadio or is it a studio? Studio Azteca, right? <laughs> studio, studio Azteca. Azteca. For we those have fun of you with that. that watch on fantasy football now on Sunday morning, as we mentioned, a lot of trade conversation tomorrow, a recap of Monday night football. I'm sure we'll talk about what happens to that Matthew and Daniel matchup plus the usual waiver wire moves that you need to know if you have questions about trades send them to the twitter handle at fantasy focus we'll give you some options some ideas some input on those trades tomorrow will be a trade heavy day so yes certainly use uh at fantasy focus and not cool keith will comb through them and get them to us but for at field yates on instagram and twitter where his twitter is better than his instagram to be determined uh, be sure to wish Daniel a happy birthday on Twitter at Daniel Dopp and on Instagram at Something to Break for at Kyle Soppy ESPN on Twitter at Keith Lipscomb on Twitter. I am at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media, including TikTok, except for the Fantasy Life app, where I am merely at Matthew Berry. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out.
He's a fantasy guru in a boat on an island, going full Hainsworth without even trying. Award-winning creations like his news or noise segment are reasons we all love the cut of his jib. Country fast and strong. Today's horoscope brought to you by Geico. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to Geico.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with Geico. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.